No matter what happens, Tom Brady will catch the snitch. You're listening to the Quibbler Podcast, the Harry Potter book club for people who just watch the commercials. Quidditch is easy enough to understand. Each team has seven players, three chasers, two beaters, one keeper, and the seeker. That's you. Five quarters of football is pretty tough, but Quidditch, you know, you know, the beaters, the chasers, you know, trying to find the golden snitch, things like that, that's tough. Um, five quarters of football, though, in the elements, I'd say, I'd say that'd take cake. It's a Harry Potter-inspired sport that's sort of moved away from that, that group to a large extent and become its own real physical sport. With me so far? I think so. <laughs> I'm Heather Price, right? And I'm Alex Dallenberg. And I'm Kyle Price Livingston. Welcome to the Superb Owl edition of the Quibbler podcast. Uh, I don't know who will win today's game. I wanted to say that the Eagles will score the most points, but that Tom Brady will catch the snitch. But let's be real. The Patriots will probably win because they always do, right? They generally do. I don't know. I guess we're diving right into it. Uh, here's a disclaimer. I don't know shit about football. So this is going to be mostly the boys. And I will interject some thoughts on Quidditch. Actually, we're mostly here to talk about Quidditch because this is a Harry Potter podcast. It's a sports shouting edition of of the quibbler it's so, time for sports it's time for sports happy super bowl sunday everybody for our listeners in the uk and the commonwealth and elsewhere and elsewhere this is uh, they know what super bowl sunday is it's basically a national holiday it's like a secular holiday where we watch giant men injure each other which is very american so let's talk sport in the wizarding world I, do, is there anything else we have to do to introduce this i think it's pretty clear what we're doing yeah this week's episode will contain spoilers for all of the harry potter series not the super bowl though because we're recording this a week in advance and we so don't we have can't spoil the big we, game we, yeah we won't spoil the big game we don't have the sports almanac from Back to the Future 2. That's good, because that would make one of us biff, and no one wants to <laughs> We basically live in the timeline from Back to the Future 2, though, because Donald Trump is the president. That, that's true. Oh, and this episode will contain cursing. All right. Um, well, we haven't talked about Quidditch in a while, because Quidditch was canceled in the, uh, in the last book, but because we've got our resident sports expert on, we haven't gotten Kyle's take on Quidditch yet. Uh, what do you think about this magical uh, invention? All right, well, first of all, I would absolutely love to watch Quidditch. Like everyone else, you can tell right away it's kind of a nonsense sport. She designed it, as you guys have discussed, to be annoying to sports fans, um, which, I mean, she did a great job. The scoring makes no sense. The strategies involved make no sense. You've got, like, one valuable thing in the entire game. Six players on each team totally ignoring it and the audience just like tricks themselves into caring about the thing that they're doing to ignore the snitch while the two people apparently only two people are allowed to catch it are doing the only interesting thing and the only interesting thing the only valuable thing is not interesting to watch because you can't see the snitch from the stands right. <laughs> so the only thing you're watching is two people sort of circling far above 
the totally irrelevant play happening at like eye level it's like the hockey puck problem in televised hockey but like times a thousand because they're always talking about like ways they can digitally make the puck like more visible because it's like really mm-hmm. hard to watch on television maybe that's like less of a problem now because we have like hd but you know on the old tvs it was like impossible to tell what was going on oh yeah i remember when they added an orange trail onto the end of onto the back <laughs> of a hockey puck like digitally so that you could watch it on your tv at home and it was so hideous and confusing that they ended up getting rid of it uh, and and most of the World Cup is in book four is just Ron and Harry trying to figure out what the hell is going on with the Seekers based on how they're like fainting. Right. Right. F-E-I-N-T. <laughs> they're like, well, the snitch, are they near it? Are they not? Who knows? And they have omnioculars. So they have the like state of the art, best possible, highest wizarding tech way to possibly enjoy Quidditch. <laughs> and it's still a fucking mess. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird... I would love to watch it for the sake of the flying. Right. But it's a weird spectator sport because it's really, really, really hard to follow and impossible to actually see the important thing going on. It's like a huge pregame show, which climaxes in this ancillary event. Which is the winning of the game. Two people chasing after a ball (laughs) that no one can see. But it's, uh, it's sort of beautiful. In its absurdity, it's almost elegant. It's a world where chess is way more exciting than their most popular sport. Like, wizard chess would be so fun to watch. Like, the pieces destroying each other. That would be great. That would be entertaining. Yeah, spectator chess would work really, really well in the wizarding world. That would be something that you could fill an arena with if you, like, engorged the pieces or just use Dumbledore's horrifying life-size one. Right. It is interesting to me that Quidditch is so popular in the Wizarding World because, as far as I can tell, besides the fact that the brooms are enchanted, as are the various balls, uh, except I don't think the Quaffle is, but the Bludgers and the Snitch are definitely enchanted. No magic is allowed. You can't use your wand unless you're attacked by a Dementor. Well, that's true. I mean, but constraints make for good sports. No, I I know, but I mean, you would think that the ability to use magic would open up this entire world of sporting possibilities. Like, you can transfigure yourself into animals. Like, what kind of sport would that open up? Quidditch is, like, weirdly analog. Or I guess, maybe not analog, but it's, like, it's magical, but it's, like, it's extremely close to not magical, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. In terms of, like, how they're using their bodies. I feel like the, sort of the most popular sports are like that in our world, too, right? It, it, look, the, the thing that makes us great is our brains, but the thing that makes a sport great is the ability for the body to do something. You know, football's not exactly cerebral, but it's the most popular sport in America because it's these incredibly well-tuned physical machines competing. And this is as close to a well-tuned physical machine as you get in the wizarding world. You're like good at staying on a broom and going fast. They don't really have gym or anything, so nobody works. <laughs> no, they yeah. don't. How are any wizards in like how are wizards in okay shape? There's a lot of stairs in Hogwarts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
That's got to be their only exercise, though. Like, I, that's probably enough, man. If, like, the stairs are changing location every, like, 20 minutes, you're climbing a lot of unnecessary stairs. You're climbing, like, 40 flights a day in Hogwarts. But, like, okay, think about training for a muggle sport. Like, it's not just practicing the sport. Like Kyle said, like, an enormous right. amount of physical fine-tuning. They don't do any, like, working out. <laughs> like, they don't run. They don't have a gym teacher. They have a Quidditch instructor. Like, right. That's like true. No. Right. They don't have PE. They're running all the time from danger. No, no, no. But I mean, like the Quidditch players, right. they don't train physically. All they do is practice the actual sport, which kind of shows how little sports ball JK has ever played because clearly she's never like worked out with a team. You like do drills, you sprint and you lift weights. Yeah. Oliver's not having them like doing stadiums. Exactly. They're not exercising. (laughs) So like the one thing about sports, like the athleticism isn't there, which is a really weird thing about Quidditch. Like we kind of talked about this. It's a little bit like horseback riding in terms of like the muscles you'd need. Yeah. It seems like the muggle world analog is something like polo. Definitely. But even then, like jockeys are in crazy shape because you have to be really light and like really strong. (laughs) And, like, Crab and Goyle can play Quidditch. Yeah. I don't know, man. Although they could play football, I guess. Polo is also incredibly hard to watch, side note. It's just, like, horses running into each other and you can't (laughs) see the ball. It sounds awful, also. It sounds really upsetting. So Kyle is of a similar opinion on Quidditch as we are, I think. As most people. As most people are. Most (laughs) grown-ups are like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, well, I mean, until we kind of stumbled upon its uh, real-world origins, the fact that it's this epic troll, I I did not appreciate Quidditch fully. But Quidditch, Quidditch is really important in the Harry Potter universe. Like, it's a big part of these books, and I'm wondering what you guys think about, like, the role of sports in the world of Harry Potter. Why has she decided to make Quidditch such a central part of these book that's a major authorial choice aside from any quibbles about whether the rules make sense or not i think part of it is really important harry characterization it's an opportunity for harry to be really really good at something and it has a lot to do with his character like his role in these books as an athlete really helps develop his character it kind of helps develop some of his leadership skills some of his overall kind of hero complex comes from being a Quidditch star. Like I think Harry's athleticism or like what passes in the wizarding world for athleticism is a really, really major part of who he is. In a weird way, Harry as the seeker becomes a metaphor for his role in the wizarding world and the entire series. One of the most important objects turns out to be that snitch from the first book, which Dumbledore gives him that says, I open at the close. The word, like, seeker is so evocative, and he is, like, seeking those horcruxes in book seven. It's the only thing that, that matters, and it climaxes with this snitch, like, unfolding. It's true, and I, I so I, I also think his role as a, as a seeker, as someone who is sort of, like, hovering outside the main struggle with his, like, mm-hmm. own goal to achieve while everyone else is engaged in what turns out to be a pointless competition— is very similar. You know, like, you aren't going to beat Voldemort by, like, building an army and fighting his army, but that's what everyone else is doing. Right. While he has a secondary goal in mind. Which Um, is the only thing that matters. Which is the only thing that matters. And 
And I mean, the Battle of Hogwarts is a really, really good, I mean, that's a good metaphor for the Battle of Hogwarts because Harry is off doing this other thing. Which is looking, which is seeking. Right. And meanwhile, you have what ends up being, I mean, and it's like so much more upsetting because you have an actual war, which like, as we'll talk about with football, like sports are like a metaphor for in a lot of ways, like sports are a way that we like play out warfare in civilian life. And then you have like an actual war going on. But similar to Quidditch, the carnage is like utterly meaningless in the grand scheme of things because fucking Harry Potter is just like off somewhere else, like doing the thing trying that to find a, ends it. Trying to right. find it a tiara. end until Harry achieves his goal. Right. It just goes on forever. But meanwhile, people are actually getting killed. Or bludgered, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a really good point, Kyle. It's like... That climactic scene is a Quidditch game. Yeah, basically. And the whole the whole series is basically a Quidditch game. You think the action is one thing, but it's actually something else. Yeah. So I, I also think another sort of important role that, that sport plays is uh, connecting the wizarding world to this, like, boarding school life. Like, the thing that everybody loves the most about Harry Potter, it seems to me, is the idea of this, like, amazing boarding school, like, magical boarding school. What a wonderful thing. We all wish we could be swept away. And essential to British boarding school life is the idea of sport and competition between houses. Like, that's just a huge part of any year at a boarding school. And if you look at the way the rest of the magical community interacts, it's all very much still as if they all went to Hogwarts together, you know? Like, there's this like collegial competition and, and interaction it's also the only way that the magical world seems to be able to communicate yeah. internationally is either through this like triwizard tournament or through the quidditch world cup and it's just because that's the only way that these competing groups of people <laughs> know they can interact in a friendly way some good old sport that's why ludo bagman is so inexplicably powerful and useful because he's basically the chief diplomat you know <laughs> like, oh my god that's so true because nobody else is really communicating across like true international communities. Well, I mean, like Dennis Rodman is the only American that's allowed in North Korea, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's like, right. I, I mean, it's an obvious, obvious comparison, but like, that's what the Olympics are for. I think Rowling grasps the politics of sports extremely well. Like, it's a really realistic and interesting jaded and yet at the same time like loving depiction of what sports means in people's lives it is a platform for harry to like show his worth she understands that it's like there's parts of sports that are like meritocratic but then she also depicts like the rank corruption that often plagues competitions, you know, with like Draco's father like buying insane brooms for the whole team, or well, the, the Triwizard Tournament, yeah, the outright cheating in the Triwizard Tournament is like a great example. It's funny because she either doesn't understand or doesn't think is important the like mechanics of sports, but she understand. You're right. She understands what sports like mean on a larger stage. She's incredibly good at the culture of sports, especially the the British boarding school culture of sports. Like you said, <laughs> it's one thing that's interesting to me is that like, and I don't know if this is what it's like in the UK, but in the US, we love school sports as like even not in school, like college sports right. are something that sports fans are really obsessed with. 
So I wonder if wizards, like adult wizards, follow Hogwarts Quidditch because there doesn't seem to, there's like there's not college in the wizarding world. Yeah, you're right. Judging so, by the fact that Percy can go be a junior minister at like age 18. Exactly. <laughs> So I wonder if, and I mean, like, the parents of the players, like Amos Diggory being a really good example of somebody who's, like, just a hockey dad. But I wonder if, like, the larger wizarding world, like, follows, like, intra-house competition at like, Hogwarts. Like Friday Night Lights status? Yeah. Like, obsession? Totally. I bet they do. They must. Everyone who has ever done anything in Hogwarts Quidditch is still talking about that, like, one accomplishment they had. In Hogwarts Quidditch, like people, people have their their like their old trophies and things. It's like a big deal that Harry's dad was a seeker. I think he was you a know, chaser. Like, actually, he was a seeker in the he was a seeker in the movies. I think. Yeah, but, but in he's the a books, he was a books. chaser. Yeah, we got corrected on that once. <laughs> and I just like the idea of like all the Weasley grownups like dressing up in their like Gryffindor red and gold like <laughs> for Quidditch matches but it doesn't seem like there's like a parent section parents don't come to the games which is kind of a bummer I think that's a missed opportunity it would be really fun to watch all of the Hogwarts yeah the more we can get Lucius Malfoy at Hogwarts the better right but I mean for like no, the I, sake I of know. scenes and story <laughs> yeah yeah just set up some port keys or run the run the train. You have train tracks and you use them yeah. twice a year. Like, just send, send yeah, the train. That would be great. Everybody lives in the same place, essentially. <laughs> Everybody went to Hogwarts. It doesn't make any sense. There aren't enough students. No. It doesn't make it any truly sense. Doesn't. The, there being one school, yeah, that's not, we can't get started on that because it's just like total nonsense. All right, let's talk briefly about the actual game this week. Uh, there is a football game. Let's sort the. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're gonna lean. Is. We're gonna lean heavily on Kyle for this part since he's our resident football expert. I'm more of a basketball guy, really. I don't know anything about sports. You know enough about sports. That's actually true. That's this thing I play up, which is actually like some kind of weird internalized misogyny on my part. I I know enough about sports. <laughs> I don't need to be like a lady. So I let's, don't get it. So let's sort the teams. So the Patriots are Slytherin, right? They're like dirty cheaters. They deflate balls. They like steal signals. Kyle doesn't think so. All right. Let's hear it. I'm not sure. Okay. So full disclosure, I, I will say, preface, I am not a Patriots fan. I did grow up in New England, but I am not a Patriots fan. Um, my, my father's uh, Jets fan. It's a long story. Anyway, I'm not a Patriots fan, so please note this is not coming from a place of loyalty. Everybody in football cheats. Everybody constantly, and like teams that you, the teams that you would never think of as being Slytherin type teams, like say the Denver Broncos, for their John Elway Super Bowl runs, they've admitted that their linemen, their their like big dudes up front, sprayed slippery stuff all over their jerseys. So that it would be oh harder my to block, God. Them, which is absolutely yeah, that's, that's cheating. That's yeah, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> that's like comic pratfalls cheating. Yes, um, and it, and it worked, <laughs> um, and they got away with it. And there were never any penalties. The Patriots cheat better. So let's say, let, let's let's say you're a professional Quidditch player, and you're a you're a Quidditch manager. How about and you're a Ravenclaw. And you realize that everybody else in the league is cheating, and that's just the way it is. Well, then, as an intelligent person, as a logical person, the, the best way to deal with it is to cheat better. 
The Patriots are smarter than other teams. And so I would say that they are Ravenclaws, given that everyone's cheating, so everyone would be a Slytherin. Yeah, I would say the Patriots are Ravenclaw. And I, I, listen, I don't like saying that. I would love to just lump them in with the bad guys. But Belichick is not evil. He's just a genius. Fair enough. Yeah. But Tom Brady's Slytherin, right? Oh, Tom Brady would be Tom a Slytherin. Tom Brady's a Slytherin. <laughs> I think, I like that. I think the culture of the Patriots is more Ravenclaw-y. I think Tom Brady is a Draco Malfoy. Yeah, and yeah, the Patriots are like a famously savvy franchise. Obviously, they've won like, what is it, seven Super Bowls with Tom Brady at this point. Five. It's, it's, it's something ridiculous. I... And they've been to, yeah, sorry sports fans, I'm gonna like butcher this, but, uh, you know, they make, they make like great personnel moves and... All of that. And Slytherins, like, Slytherins actually aren't winners. No. They're power hungry, but in the books, Slytherins don't really come out ahead all that often. Yeah, and in some ways, Tom Brady is more like Tom Riddle than he is like Draco Malfoy. In, in- That's true. Mm. That was, that was like a tossed off reference, actually. He's <laughs> not, he's not that Draco. No, but he's just, he's super charismatic. He came from humble roots he was drafted in the very what what the i forget that basically the last round of the nfl of the nfl draft um and no one thought he was going to amount to to anything but every opportunity he has seen he has seized and has refused to let go of even at the cost of other people's careers poor drew bledsoe I don't know who that is drew bledsoe is another quarterback okay he got injured midway through uh the season oh geez like a decade ago, more. I'm old. Tom Brady's old too, so it's okay. Yeah, Tom Brady's <laughs> forty. God. So Tom Brady came That's in insane. as like a young gun and uh, took over the quarterback job and just never let go. And it, you know, Drew Bledsoe was never was never. Uh, he had a few other jobs, but he was never an amazing quarterback again. Tom Brady ruined him. Plus that shot to the ribs that shattered his lungs. Ugh. <sighs> All right, so where do we sort the Eagles then? I don't know anything. I don't about know. The Eagles. All I know is that Nick Foles is the quarterback, and he played for the Arizona Wildcats. Go Wild, yeah, Cats. Bear down. So the, the Eagles' best unit is their defensive front, and that is a that's a that basically means that you have five, six dudes who all work super well together. They don't have the best player at any position in football other than their original quarterback, Carson Wentz, who might be the best quarterback in football but is now injured. They, they are hardworking and team-oriented. They're pretty Hufflepuffy. Are they Hufflepuffs? I would say. Hufflepuff versus Ravenclaw. Um, oh, my God. For the Super Bowl. That makes me so excited about the Eagles. Oh, I wanna, I'm, I'm rooting for them even more now. And Eagles fans are Amos Diggory. Oh, they are all basically. Amos Diggory. That is... <laughs> Uh, for those of you, for those of you that don't follow football, Eagles fans are like notoriously, yeah, Amos Diggory. They booed Santa Claus. They applauded when someone got paralyzed on the field. Do you think any Eagles fans listen to the Quibbler? Almost certainly. Get really the mad? Eagles are like a listen. very famous. T- whatever. We're, we're, we're just getting, that happens. Eagles we're not do. making this up. Like you just gotta own it as an Eagles fan. Like it's just that's who that's that's who okay. your colleagues are. That's who your friends are. They your put colleagues. They Criscoed like all the lamp posts in like downtown Philadelphia for like the NFC championship game so that people like wouldn't climb them. 
Oh my god. There's like photos with like Crisco just like slathered on like various edifices. So it's not a Hufflepuff fan. <laughs> oh no. No. No, it's a no. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like kind of a like a Gryffindor Slytherin cross fandom. Gryffindors are kind of sports hooligans. Yeah, they're a little they're hooligany. They throw all night candy fueled ragers. But all okay. right. And then well, uh, the team I tend to root for when I am following closely, the Arizona Cardinals, probably Hufflepuff because years of mediocrity with a couple pretty good seasons that ended in tragedy. <laughs> okay, who are you a fan of, Kyle? <laughs> uh, I am an Oakland Raiders fan for no good reason. I, this is... I'll tell the story, but you're going to probably end up cutting this out. I became a Buccaneers fan as a child because, um, so my mom was from Pittsburgh and would push me to be a Steelers fan if she cared. And my dad is from New York. and He's a Jets fan, but he didn't want to, he didn't, he, you know, he wouldn't wish that on his worst enemy. So <laughs> I sort of got to choose my own team and I, I didn't want to, I don't know, I, I have always enjoyed annoying the sports fans around me, so I didn't want to become a Patriots fan. That would have been too easy. So I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they are just, they were hilarious, and they have ridiculous colors and a pirate ship that shoots cannons in their end zones on the rare occasions that they score touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what are their colors? Pewter and red. Pewter like silver? Yeah, but like they, they insist that it's pewter. <laughs> okay, rad. <laughs> they call themselves the Pewter Pirates on occasion, which I like a lot. Um, so then a couple years ago, they drafted a guy out of college who I think is probably, well, is an alleged sexual predator. And I was just like, I can't, I can't cheer for this. So I needed to switch to another team. Fortunately, there was another terrible pirate themed team available. <laughs> uh, and so I became an Oakland Raiders fan. And I'm sticking with them until they draft a rapist. And then I give up. Uh, we are absolutely leaving that in. Fair enough. Yep. For the, for the term terrible pirates themed team. <laughs> All right. So Quidditch versus football. Which sport is superior? Football. Yeah. It's a way better sport. It makes more sense. There's some crossover similarities in the violence of the bludgers and... Uh, the just random positions that only serve, like, one function. Yeah, like, the kicker Or the is, long snapper. <laughs> is, like, they are, like, less important seekers. But they have... Okay, this is a thing I do know about football because I think it's hilarious. There's a thing called special teams, right? And it's just, like, people doing, like, one random thing as their whole job. And they're really important, but they only play, like, a couple minutes a game. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, special that teams That delights is- me is essential. I mean, if you have bad special teams, you're in a lot of trouble. But you don't pay your special teams players all that much uh, for whatever oh. reason. Mm. The Seeker would probably make a lot of money in yeah. professional Quidditch, presumably. Yeah, the Seeker's like the quarterback, but it's weird because the Seeker's like the quarterback that doesn't actually play the main game. Right. <laughs> yeah, you would think they would like contribute on offense or something till the snitch appeared. Although I guess... The snitch can appear at any time, so you want them focused on that. So never mind. That's a bad point. Uh, which sport do you think is more dangerous? To play once or to play professionally? Like, if I'm going to play a sport once, I think I would probably want to play Quidditch because there's fewer people and fewer collisions. 
Right. Um, so it's less likely that you'll die in a single game. Whereas in football, just a single game, you're getting in 20 tiny car accidents. You know? Right. No thanks. Yeah. I think to play professionally, too, that football is more dangerous. No, that's Quidditch, true. That's true. Quidditch, you might be more likely to, like, have one freak accident. Yes, I think you're more likely to be a career. instantly killed in a Quidditch match because you're, like, going at 60 miles an hour on, like, small, like, cylinder. Or you fall or you get, like, fucking struck by lightning because you're playing in the sky. <laughs> Or, or the Dementors, or you get Dementors kissed for no reason. For no yeah. reason. But I think probably football, like, long term, yeah, long term damage. Not, I think. I, I absolutely know. Yep. Maybe a beater has, like, somewhat similar. But the, although they the don't the actually beater get has hit a, by blood. Yeah, the beater has. It's way more dangerous to be a chaser. The beater also has, like, a tool for self defense. He's got a freaking bat that he can, like,. Knock those bludgers away with. One thing that's weird about Quidditch is that they wear no protective gear. I know that football, the gear is not all that effective, but it does something. You would die if you played football without a helmet. There's actually, there's an argument that football would be safer without helmets because people would, there'd be less contact because people would be making more conservative decisions about like the risks that they were willing to take. You naturally have an instinct to protect your head, but if you're covered in like body armor, then you're more willing to like use your head as a weapon because it's not going to be like excruciatingly painful to So it's knock like a it false sense of security. Yeah, it's a false sense of security, but you're still getting like rattled around in this like helmet cage. And people are more willing to hit you in the head when they see you've got a helmet on as well. It's sort of like that um that study uh, they did in New York City where bikers who don't wear their helmets get into fewer accidents because cars stay further away from them because they're terrified of hitting them because they're not wearing helmets, which is crazy. Um, but Please wear helmets, though. Quit wear helmets because yeah. <laughs> you still, there's lots of ways to fall off a bike that don't involve getting hit by a car, first of all. Second of all, if you do get hit by a car, you better hope you're wearing a helmet. Like – yeah, yeah. God, we've become the public safety podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Two episodes ago, it was vaccines, and yeah. now it's uh, please wear helmets. So we're just uh, moms here on the Quibbler, basically. Also, proper reflective gear is a must. Come on. Yeah. But, but okay, but back to the. But Quidditch like, players don't wear helmets. Yeah. yeah. Quidditch no. players don't wear anything. They've got Ron wearing like a leather padded helmet in the movie in number seven. Yeah, but that's uh, not but canon. Movie six. No, not at all. It's an old. It's an old U.S. football helmet. It's like what they used to. It's like what the old with with the in the nineteen twenties. The kind of yeah. The they've kind. got like a vintage look. In it is a truly hilarious aesthetic, <laughs> but it's not canon. He's also it's wearing just... hockey goalie gloves while trying to hold on to a broom, which I think is a terrible idea. <laughs> Yeah, Ron's whole getup as, what is it called? Keeper. Keeper. Ron's whole getup as Keeper is excellent, hysterical, ineffective. Playing Keeper seems incredibly difficult because it's there's three freaking goals behind you. Yeah. It just seems sort of like a gamble. It must be why Are there's like... Are you allowed to hit a bludger at a Keeper? I don't think so. only hit them at the Seekers? I think it's only Chasers or the Seeker. Chasers and Seekers. Yeah, I think the Keeper might be off limits. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, folks who... Uh, I couldn't find, like, a comprehensive rules of Quidditch. Although, to be fair, I didn't look very hard. I did find out that the Quidditch rulebook in the universe, according to, like, the Harry Potter wiki, it costs, like, 
39 galleons, which is like $2,000. <laughs> That's insane. Because oh. <laughs> the other thing But it's like hundreds keep... of pages long, I think, because there's like, there's like 700 Quidditch fouls. Well, and the other thing that J.K. Rowling doesn't keep super close track of is how much <laughs> money is worth. Quidditch Through the Ages is coming out on audiobook in case anybody is like incredibly obsessed with Quidditch yeah, and wants Lincoln. to listen to like essentially a textbook about it. We'll have to review it for a special episode sometime. I don't want to listen to it. No? As a kid, I skipped through the Quidditch scenes. What is your favorite Quidditch scene in Harry Potter? The World Cup. The World Cup. My favorite Quidditch scene is the one where he catches the snitch in his mouth. Oh, that's really good, too. And that's, like, in the first book, so it's still kind of fresh. Mine is when Cedric wins. Really? Mm. Well, I think it's an important—it's, like, a really important moment for, like, a lot of reasons. It shows Cedric's nobility. It's, like, a moment of defeat for Harry, who doesn't lose at Quidditch ever, basically. Yeah. Uh, Oliver Wood is, like, hilariously despondent. Mine is the World Cup for the same reason I watch— the Super Bowl, which is that <laughs> I don't care about the game at the all, spectacle. and there's a lot of like entertain, like ancillary entertainment that I really enjoy. Like I'm here for the commercials and the halftime show. And Crumb is a great, a great character. And Crumb is a great character, but mostly like the Vila Leprechaun battle is like why I watch sports. <laughs> if I watch sports, I actually do like to watch basketball. And I have, like, a weird obsession with LeBron James, even though I don't know anything about his, like, basketballing. I mean, all you have to do is just watch him play basketball to know that he's extremely good at it. I just find yes, him... Yes, he basketballs at an extremely high level. Yeah, I, I can tell that. I, he's satisfyingly tall, too. And, and I just fast like him. and large. Yeah, it's just fun to watch. Also, he did this really adorable thing for a long time as his hairline kept receding where he wore a headband that he just moved like further and further up his head. <laughs> so he ended up having it like like a Gossip Girl headband? Like just yeah, around like his head? Yeah, he's like giving up at this point, but it was a close thing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So muggles being what they are have adapted Quidditch to our non-magical limitations Muggle Quidditch is now played uh, around the world by a surprising number of people. There's a Major League Quidditch League now, which is trying to professionalize Quidditch with, like, standardized schedules and high-level officiating. What do and we— And actual athleticism. Yeah. What do we think of this phenomenon? Well, I guess first we should explain how it's played. Basically, it's seven aside. It's played not with broomsticks, but— well, it used to be played with brooms, but now it's P PVC pipes between the legs, which ensures that the game will always be played with one hand or you'll be like clenching your legs together to like keep this PVC pipe between them. And uh, the bludgers are dodgeballs, which temporarily like knock players out. It just takes them out of play. They have to like go to the back of the pitch and like touch the goalposts before they can come back into the play and the snitch is a human it's a referee with like a tennis ball hanging out of their shorts that has to be caught by the seekers and the quaffle is like a slightly deflated volleyball and this is a professional sport i mean i don't think they're paid like large amounts of money if any money at all but uh people this is a this is a game yeah, that people play 
there is literally no oversight on what can be called a professional sport. So, <laughs> yes, it's professional, but these people have You jobs. lost me at the snitch. At the snitch? That's disgusting. What's disgusting about it? You just it? have to grab a tennis ball from between some guy's no, it's, legs it's like that's like hanging, hanging off his out belt of his butt? In like a little bag. Yeah. Like a, like yeah, it's like oh. flag. It's like flag football. Does he kind like of. run around? Yeah, the the, the the officiant runs around. I believe oh he can God. leave the pitch. He can he can leave and They've actually changed the rules on this. It used to be that the uh, the snitch could run wherever he wanted, except I think he wasn't allowed to. He or she wasn't allowed to like climb trees or like on top of anything. Mm-hmm. But now now the snitch has to stay within the playing grounds. That's terrible. And for every few minutes that the snitch isn't caught, they have to, like, limit where they can, like, run. There's, like, a snitch handicapping to ensure the games eventually end. They've also changed the most problematic thing about Quidditch, which is that the snitch is worth 150 points. So it's actually worth... It's only worth 30 points in in Muggle Quidditch, but it still ends the game. Which, I don't know if that actually fixes it, because having that end of the game... It makes it make more sense. Yeah, I guess. And and there's a certain specific time that the snitch yeah it comes out. Comes it comes out. out at like it's like 17 or 18 minutes. The snitch is released, so you're not just yeah. looking for it. Well, because I guess it's a freaking person with an obvious tennis ball hanging off their shorts. So the seeking uh, aspect of Quidditch is is much it's easier. A lot easier. Does the in seeker Quidditch. play like another chaser for the first like 20 minutes of the game? Oh no, no. Just sits on the sideline. This seems more annoying than actual Quidditch. Well, wait until we get to the point where they hate Harry Potter and don't want to be associated with it. What? <laughs> what? The number one thing I hear from people is that they don't understand that it's a sport and not just like a cosplay group. I mean, when the sport was started, it kind of had that aspect to it. They would come out and it was... It was a lot of cosplay, like capes, and, capes and everything like that. But then the sport really evolved into something that's far more competitive and physical and athletic. Fun fact, the founder of UCLA Quidditch had never read any of the books or watched the movies. We don't try to distance ourselves from Harry Potter, but we are very distinctly not a Harry Potter club. There was a pretty interesting Lit Hub profile of uh, the Major League Quidditch Association, and there's this, there's this debate within the sport about whether its association with Harry Potter is like slowing it down basically is harry potter good for quidditch is basically the question and and their argument oh god it's so insulting their argument is that harry potter nerds are not athletic enough to hang so it is bad for the sport because because (laughs) they show up thinking it's just a silly fun harry potter time which it freaking should be which it absolutely (laughs) is it is a game that you have adapted from flying. Right. And and the real athletes, people listening to the podcast can't see me doing air quotes, but I'm doing them, um, feel like it like wastes their time, basically. And they're just like, come on, another like five nerds at tryouts? Get real. Like fucking <laughs> play a different sport. They are not good enough at other sports. I'll just say it. They are not good enough at other sports, and that's why they are playing this sport. Well, we're going to really make somebody in the professional Quidditch community extremely upset. I don't care. What a stupid, stupid thing. I, I, 
it's not clear that everyone thinks that, but there is a faction within the professional Quidditch community which thinks that, according to LitHub. Yeah. It, the, it's possible that this author just found, the, that this writer just found the most kind of militant and annoying pro-Quidditch players to interview. Like, there's someone who's referred to as the greatest of all time in a league that has existed for literally three years. Like, <laughs> settle down. All right. The fact that there is a single militant, obnoxious, professional Quidditch player who doesn't think that Harry Potter is integral to the sport makes me furious. Like, you carry PVC pipe between your legs. Does... Because it's supposed to be a broomstick. Like, you lose all credibility. So the argument... The argument within Quidditch is that it's not so much the broomstick. It's like... Well, it's as we were discussing earlier, it's a it's a limitation. It's like dribbling in basketball. It ensures that you can only use like one hand most but of it's the time. Based on the fact that it is a sport played on broomsticks in the air. <laughs> also, like basketball, you're you're dribbling the ball because you're you're like moving it around. It's essential to the sport. This that the like it being just like dribbling doesn't satisfactorily explain why you need broomsticks in right. the first place. That makes like strap an arm down, or like also of course you're only using one hand at a time. It's a volleyball. What are you going to be doing with two hands Grabbing with it. it? I don't know. Like, throwing it, chest pass. But you can still you could you're not going to throw it with two hands. But you could still catch it with two hands even That's with true. the PVC pipe. But it, you, you just got to clutch. And, yeah, it's it's. Only in the sport because it's like Harry Potter. And it's the worst thing about the sport. Like, just, then get rid of it. And don't call it Quidditch, then. Call it, oh, I don't know. I'm not going to come up with a title for you. I'm not doing your work for you, Quidditch League. Muggle Quidditch sounds more athletic than magical Quidditch. Because well, you are running. You do have to run. You do have to run. fly, <laughs> which is the point of Quidditch. I bet snitch aspect could be improved as drone technology gets better that would be amazing that is a great idea that really is a good idea that could that could work if you take out the brooms and you add a tiny motorized snitch muggle quidditch might uh might make more sense although to be fair i've never been to a muggle quidditch game so i feel bad i have you have you have tell us about it uh, so I saw one a couple of years ago. Um, I would say this was a collegiate Quidditch game. It was on the University of Pittsburgh campus. And um, honestly, I was really a fan. It, it looked like it just like a bunch of people running around, having a good time, being outside with their friends, doing something silly. That's great. That's I great. It's like weirder ultimate. Like, Way weirder yeah, exactly. ultimate. If you don't pretend that you're somehow doing this, like, fucking hardcore, non-whimsical, totally straight-faced thing, that's what's annoying to me. Multiple weekly practices and four personal workouts a week required to be uh, on, on some of these teams. Wow. Yeah. Anything where points yeah. are involved will immediately become more serious than it should be. And more douchey. <laughs> One of the really cool things I do like, though, is that um, it is co-ed. 
Ah, which is yes. very uncommon in professional sports. Yeah. And it's it's even beyond co-ed. It, there are limits on the number of people of the same identifying gender that you're allowed to have on your team. Yeah, I think it's four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so you have to mix it up. Wow. Okay. Because of that, it is very attractive to the non-binary community. And I think I really appreciate that, that there's a sport out there that is catering to them. That's the most magical thing about it. In a lot of ways, like that's very much in the spirit of Harry Potter, I would say. Yes, but then okay, but then don't take yourself so seriously, y'all. Settle down and have fun. The PVC pipe thing seems kind of dangerous in a way. Oh, like you could just get skewered. You're running around with sticks. In the article, somebody takes a really painful gut shot, like midway through towards the end of the game, and like the audience like gasps. But she actually is apparently fine and gets up and runs off. But you can you can absolutely get hit with the sticks. That That is, that is fucking Quidditch. Like, being able to get (laughs) seriously injured. Impaled on a broom. Is, like, one of the main features of Quidditch. I do like that they are sponsored by broom companies. That's adorable. That is amazing. Okay. Um, So, overall, I mean, Muggle Quidditch, like, very sweet. Cool that people have imaginations and have turned something lovable from a book into something you can actually do irritating if you think that you're like a fucking professional football player it'd be like if you had like a poo sticks league and were gambling like thousands of dollars on whose stick would like come out the other side of the bridge poo sticks is from uh winnie the pooh well i think we can sort of uncouple major league quidditch from this like collegiate fun quidditch scene and also from the international quidditch scene where like there i mean there really are teams mostly like American, white, European, but there's there's like a there's a perfect a professional an international Quidditch team in Uganda. Oh, that, uh, that's so cool! Sends, yeah, they send a team of players to the Quidditch World Cup, and uh, you know there's there's teams from South America. Um, I know Argentina has one. I agree that I mean I've actually seen collegiate Quidditch being played too, and yeah, it was just it was sweet. It was something fun and like getting people running around outside and also like exercising their whimsy. That's nice. Are there any other sports that have emerged from like fiction? I don't, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, please chime in re- uh, listeners. If, uh, if you can think of, if you can think there's, of any. There's card games yeah. that have appeared as a result of being in video games. Oh, um, that's cool. So there are people who get really into, um, Oh, Gwent from the Rich from the Witcher series has become like an actual card game that you can that you can play. This is the thing I like about humans. I like that you could like play a game, play a video game, or see a movie or read a book and think like, God, I think I'm gonna do that in real life, and then you make it happen. That's lovely. I think the fact that people play Quidditch is great. In you know, like the weirdness of the rules aside, yeah, it's like a te- it's a testament to. Rowling's creation and just people's creativity and their willingness to like engage with these texts even if they like take it to a point where they're like maybe Quidditch needs to evolve beyond Harry Potter I in a way I think that's like the ultimate tribute to what Rowling made I guess basketball evolved beyond a peach basket yeah so now that was just like a gym activity in like Massachusetts because it was too freaking cold outside good old James Naismith Field's finest. The only last thought I had about Quidditch was 
sitting on a broom for an hour and a half or more sounds incredibly uncomfortable. Oh, God, like your whole body weight just right in that little like two inches or whatever of the broom that you're actually sitting on. It sounds terrible. Like there's a reason that riding people out of town on a rail was like an 18th century punishment. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah, they put you on a rail and carry you through town and it was painful because you're sitting on a rail. I thought that was like a train thing. No, they would put you on a rail and like mock you and like oh my God. carry you around. Oh, it's like literal torture then. Yeah. I mean, there's probably major impotency problems in uh, like pro Quidditch players like later in life. Like Ludo Bagman probably needs some potions, whatever the magical version of Viagra is. Yeah, they don't even wear padded pants or anything, which is such an obvious solution. That we know of. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's like a worse We don't know what bu- they wear on. They wear, yeah, we don't know what they wear under their robes. Also, a robe is a dreadfully impractical thing to wear when you're flying through to the air. To wear, playing <laughs> any sport, really. Yeah. Uh, um, the, uh, the ride at Wizarding World of Harry Potter that is supposed to be like the broomstick ride, there's like a little saddle, as I recall, which is a much smarter idea. Just put yeah. a saddle. Put a saddle on the broom. Yeah, just, but like the if you're just barebacking the broom, that seems. <laughs> Sorry, that was the only thing I could think of. It's true. Today's yeah, episode: barebacking bare back- the broom. <laughs> if you're just barebacking the broom, that sounds like it would get uncomfortable extremely fast. You know, especially because I mean, you're moving at a good clip. You really well, got to hold on to that thing. Even like sitting on like a bike seat for that long is terrible. I don't know how people do that. You just get used to it. Yeah, you, but it's you gotta, you gotta toughen up you gotta toughen up your inner thighs. Yeah, my um my my dad, uh Heather's uncle Danny, um is a man in his sixties who rides his bike thousands of miles every year just because he likes to. You know, he, he does century rides on the weekends and every summer just because he enjoys it. And anytime he and I get together, what he wants to do is ride bikes. Which like Setting aside my humiliation at being totally unable to keep up with this guy in his 60s, it hurts. Like, we'll do like 10, 15 miles the first day as a warm-up for what he wants to do the next day, which is between 40 and 60 miles. And the next day I try to get on the bike, and it is, it is so painful that it's not fun. And I asked him, like, how do, you, how do you deal with this? And he's like, yeah, after a while I think the nerve endings just must die because I can't feel anything when I do this now. And I'm like, this, that's not a great endorsement. It's not amazing. I can't even go to spin class like three times a week because I'll I'll go twice and then it's like my butt hurts too much to do this. Oh, yeah. It just occurred to me because we just had that chapter where they fly through the skies over London. And I'm like, at the end of that, that sounds like a really uncomfortable way to travel. It does. Yeah. It really does. Cool, but ultimately horrible. Yeah. And terrifying. It would be terrifying. You're held aloft on just this thin piece of wood. And enchantments fail in the magical community all the time. Oh, all the time. that's true. Like, how do they decide? Is there something about brooms that lend themselves to this particular enchantment? They're flipping can't be, can there? That's no. insane. Well, I mean, it's... I know why it's like this in the books. It's because the witches on the broomstick is... Where did that come from, though? I don't actually know. Um, uh, well, there's some really interesting um, 
sort of uh, feminist literature about the penis imagery of the broomstick that the witch flies on and sort of connecting that to fears of the occult and, and you know, and also women's empowerment. Yeah, I was thinking because the broom is a cleaning instrument. It's like a... Oh, I think it's probably, yeah, I, I think it's probably more complicated than that yeah. because it's like so, that's like such an old symbol. Right. Like it's not like a housewife symbol. I like, I think the idea no, think of it being, symbol. right? That yeah, it's sense. a phallic symbol. And the idea of like being like intersex or non-binary and like women being like endowed is like right. really terrifying. Wow. Well, hit us up, Quibblers. Uh, if you if you know of any good uh, literature on this, which I'm sure there's I'm sure there's lots. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some really interesting stuff involving Baba Yaga flying in a mortar and pestle. Oh uh, yeah, I did know about that. Baba Yaga overall, good good witch. Yeah. <laughs> really excellent yeah. witch. Yeah, Baba Yaga, if you're listening, we appreciate you. Um, and uh, please don't please don't fly over here. Or walk over in your crazy chicken leg house, which yeah. we also think is awesome. Don't kill us. <laughs> Don't kill us and eat us, please. We are amazing. All right, um, guys. Do we have Quidditch Unsung Heroes? Probably the ladies of the Gryffindor Quidditch team for me. Angelina Johnson. Mm-hmm. Alicia Spinnett. Um, Alicia Spinnett. And mm-hmm. Katie, Katie Bell. Yeah. Katie, Katie Bell. Bell. Big shouts, Katie Bell. I think mine's Ginny. Yeah. I think it's oh, badass Jenny. that she grows up to be a professional Quidditch player. For the Hollyhead Harpies, which is an all-female Quidditch team. Damn. I would like to watch that game. Like roller derby, but... Yes, that's how I imagine it. Like kind of punk rock. Quidditch is a little roller derby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially all-female Quidditch. All right, those are good unsung heroes. And obviously Cedric. Yeah, poor one Cedric. One of our late greats. I know. He could have been. He could have been great. Literally the only thing we ever see him do well, despite the fact that we're told he's amazing at everything. <laughs> but he does beat Harry Potter, so he does it crazy well. I mean, Harry Potter faints. Right. So. All right, guys. Do you have a sponsor? Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Quality Quidditch Supplies. Get a broom saddle. Yeah, get a broom saddle. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, uh, everybody, and I hope you enjoy... Uh, your Super Bowl Sunday. Hopefully you get to eat some nachos. Just as a reminder to you all, next week's chapters are The Woes of Mrs. Weasley and Luna Lovegood. So we will see you in just a few days. Thanks for listening. Go sports ball. Sports. Yeah, sports. Justin Timberlake. Woo. Which is a travesty. I just got to say. Unless Janet Jackson shows up with him, this is a travesty. This is. is... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agreed. Maybe that'll be an Easter egg today. No, she's already announced that she's not going to perform with him. Oh, it's not happening. Damn. Did that happen in the 90s? No, it was like the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because because Colin Colin Powell's son was the FCC head. How do you remember that? Because I have a good memory. That's a normal way to remember what happens in a sports league. Let's see. Whose son was head of the FCC? No, because it was because he just because Powell like went like crazy draconian on it. Oh, because I guess the FCC is who punished the next. Right. He was like, this is unacceptable. I see. This is worse than the Iraq war. Still. Basically. That's Uh, still a crazy thing to remember, but okay. What are you going to do? 
All right. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this sports ball episode, this superb owl edition of the Quibbler podcast. And uh, we'll be back later in the week. Thanks, amigos. What does the future hold for the fastest growing sport based on a fantasy series filled with wizards and magic wands? Quidditch is going pro. You get a lot of people who resist Quidditch. They, they try to fight it and they try to ignore it and block it out. But it's one of those things, you can't fight it. It's, it's coming. What a match. Keep it here for all your favorite Quidditch matches for everyone here at CBS Sports. I'm Greg Gumbel.